to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker in studio, the way it should be. And today we have nothing to focus on except for the worst defensive depth in the NHL from a team's perspective. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, How's it going, Justin? Good, good. How was your Thanksgiving? Oh, my Thanksgiving was, it was solid. It was good. You know, it's, I got, I got my new cast today. It looks exactly like the other one. It's just purple instead of blue because uh, my niece asked me to get a purple cast this time. Did she? So I said, okay. Uh, I, can, I can humor it because it's only for two weeks. Aww. So got me, uh, got me my purple cast. My, like, it looks, I keep thinking of like Washington State. You know, that's the kind of. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, the football Cougars. team. Yeah. The Cougars. Yeah. No, not, not a hockey team. I'm, no. starting, I'm trying to think about that in my head. I'm like, maybe, maybe the new Seattle team will be purple and white. Purple and white. Nobody's purple. That's very true, actually. Nobody even has a hint of purple in the NHL. Well, the Ducks did at one point, but that was about it, I think. The, oh, yeah, yeah. They had that little, like, the very, very, like, fourth accent color yeah. to the Ducks was purple. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think it would be. You could If you could do something cool and classy with it, yeah. I think it would be cool. I guess the LA Kings used to have purple, but that was a, that was a very extreme yellow, yellow and purple. I That's mean, actually what we did, my old, my old hockey team. Uh, the Grizzles. We, oh, yeah. We were reading our old hockey yeah, team. Yeah, uh, I keep forgetting that. <laughs> Mark Paul. I was forgettable. Team. Yeah. <laughs> you were actually the most rock-solid defenseman we had on that team. And I, oh. I will admit, although you, you didn't always put up the points, like I never worried about anybody scoring a goal or getting breakaways when you are defense, no. which made me feel really good in goal. And then my favorite part was when like you would get scored on the defense, you would get super angry and then go out muscle everybody and just go to the net hard. <laughs> the score, score. <laughs> yeah, really the only time that I actually scored goals was when someone scored when I was out there and then I would be like, ah, I have to make up for it. Yeah. I gotta go score. Or when a guy would or when you'd take a penalty for because a guy's smaller than you and fell over. That's yeah, that's that's fair. That <laughs> happened often. Yeah, I feel like maybe I was I was probably not like if you looked at my Corsi, mm-hmm. be like, oh, I don't know, this guy's not that good. But the way that I play, I mean, you know, at a lower level, you don't have to put up a ton of points to be really, really effective against guys. Right. And and in a lower level, sometimes guys just come across the blue line and they just let let a shot flip at the goalie just because they're looking to make something happen and hope mm-hmm. that you screw up. Right. Because, of course, there's far more mistakes made at that lo- like a you know a beer league level yeah. <laughs> and so they're just hoping that something good happens if they can't get around me so we still have you know you still get shots on you when i'm out there but you know they're all a little little flicked in yeah but back to the point we we were picking out new jerseys and i was trying to think of colors because we had like this yellow and like just boston bruins looking colors and i was trying to change it up but yes i remember those they all loved the the yellow so i'm like why don't we do la king colors the purple and yellow so we did these kings yeah perfect well you know speaking of rock solid defensemen let's talk about some teams without rock solid defensemen or very many of them (laughs) uh, for that matter so uh if you listened a couple weeks ago we did a show on the worst center depth you can go back and you can listen to that uh we are going to now rank our basically the bottom five in the league for defensive depth. Uh, often, everyone ranks the top ones, and we wanted to take a look at the bottom. So uh, I guess being on this list, you have nowhere to go but up. That's true. You know, the Predators right now, everybody's on their heels. Yeah, they, they will have nowhere fall. to go but down. They will fall. So, uh, okay, 
any anything in particular, anything special that you did to uh, help determine this list? I know defensive depth is a little different than center because center, you're like, well, yes, the, yeah, maybe this team doesn't have a great center, but they're still a good team because they have such good wingers or, you know, it may, it, it's a little bit different because they're a part of a forward crew, whereas this defensive depth is, you know, six to seven players on a, in a franchise as opposed to three or four that we're really looking at. So it's a little more wider of a spectrum. Yeah, and I think, too, one of the big things for me, uh, when you when you talk about centers, right, it's easy to judge your center based on production in terms of points, right? Um, you can, for example, a big guy to look at is Mark Edward Vlasic, a guy who doesn't produce points but is probably the best defensive defenseman in the league today. Yeah, uh, yeah, he's very good. Yeah, and so... Uh, I mean, just ask Team Canada and Drew Doughty how they felt. But um, so, yeah, it's a little bit harder to judge a defenseman based on their point totals when you look at, oh, well, they don't, they don't have guys producing. Well, yeah, they might not have guys producing, but they're doing what they need to do on the back end. So, again, kind of a little harder to judge. But for me, I love looking at defensemen in terms of um, where it's where I think these guys might go a little bit more. I, I think, you know, there are a couple guys, a couple teams on this list where I look at what they had on what they have on defense, but where I think it's going uh, a little bit more promising for some of these teams than others. Okay. I, I will say this too. When it comes to defensemen, I think there's less very, very elite defensemen. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you look at centers, I think because the like the best player growing up plays center. You know, you, you put that kid at center because the best player and the person who gets the most attention is the kid that can score goals or set other people up. They can win face-offs and they can skate because they can make it back and forth, you know, defensively. And the worst one was goalie. <laughs> well, I don't I don't know if that says anything about you, but uh, you said it. Uh, so, you know, often the best the best kid's going to be a center. So, I think that at the center position, you know, you look, you've got Crosby and you have Malkin on the same freaking team. And then you've got Matthews and you have Barkov and you you can just keep going with Sagan and you have, uh, I mean, even like Elias Peterson coming in, uh, just all these elite and, and a lot of attention goes on these centers. Whereas defensemen, yeah, you have your Eric Carlson who puts up big points. A John Carlson in Washington is a, a really good player. Uh, Morgan Riley's ripping it up right now. We'll see if that continues. There's uh, like an Oliver Ekman Larson who quietly does his thing and puts up solid points each year. Uh, John Klingberg is a guy who comes to mind for somebody who just you know puts up 50, 60, 70 point potential each year. There's not that many of them though. You know they once once you get past those maybe eight to ten guys that really there's there's a lot of muddiness because a lot of them seem very similar and so that's that's where i think this becomes much more of a grouping rather than hey if you have one really really good center chances are you're not going to make the center depth list but defensively if you have one pretty like really good defenseman you could i think you could still be on this list based on the rest of the team around them so with that said uh justin let's just missed for you just missed. Uh, put two teams. Just missed the New York Islanders and Ottawa Senators. Okay, they just missed your list. New York yes. Islanders not on my list. Uh, why did the Why did the Senators miss your list? Well, I, I mean, when you look at them right now, their defense isn't that good. But to me, a guy who just kept them off this list was Thomas Shabbat. Okay, so, I, so you yeah, so you allowed the the one player 
to really affect the whole rest of the yeah yeah. i think where this guy's going and the talent level this guy has is far better and beyond any defenseman that's on any one of the teams in my top five he certainly is putting up big points (laughs) yes and he he, is helping me fantasy wise he he also he also is uh has put himself out of position a few times and (laughs) yeah yeah he has that and he's still young he'll learn that part of the game Otto has been scoring like crazy they also let in 100 goals so yeah uh, yep. But yes, I can I can understand why, especially with how young Shabbat is, that the potential there is really high, and they they do have some like Cody CC, not bad. You know, they they have some guys that are okay, uh, but maybe a little bit a little overrated too. Um, okay, my just missed. I have three. I actually, well, I'm I'm just gonna say two. You know, I thought the Vancouver Canucks they actually were. You know, what what I did, I just I just went through and I'm looking at each team's defensive core. And I go, well, that's not very good. I'm going to put you into just a pot. And then I ranked them from there, and I, I used some numbers and uh, how well they're performing this year as compared to years in the past and what, whatever. So Vancouver was a team that I threw into this pot. But the more digging that I did, the more that I, you know, you look at their uh, their defensive prospects and you go, okay, you've got Quinn Hughes coming. You've got Olio Levy coming and even a Jet Wu to a certain extent coming i mean one of those guys is going to probably be a top pairing defenseman uh most likely quinn hughes but Oli levy also taken in the first round and so uh this team does have solid defensive depth at the in the minor league level and so that was enough for me to actually push them down to where with my list i had eight eight teams eventually on there and they they were eighth so uh don't really like this team's defense when i look at their pro roster uh, when they're when your best player is Alex Edler, or you know appears to be, and it just he's long gone in terms of being a really good defenseman, maybe a number four guy. Uh, I don't like it, but with the help that they have coming, I just I see this defense turning around as quickly as their forward position turned around in a couple of years. So uh, I think that uh, that's what kept them off the list. And my other team that I had off the list was the New York Rangers. Okay, I, Rangers had drafted a, a couple guys who I think can make an impact for them, but they're, the fact that they have Brady Shea, Kevin Shattenkirk not playing up to his potential right now, I don't think, but uh, also they have a lot of guys that are, they'll come off their books relatively soon. I know they have Mark Stahl signed to a, you know over $5 million a year, but these are all guys that can be moved relatively soon because their contracts are, are close to an end, and so I think, and also with uh, with Neil Pionk, is that how you say his name? Neil Pionk. Pionk. Yeah, I mean he's been ripping it up. Yeah, he has been pretty good. Got, I think he has 15 points in 22 games this year. Yeah, he's um, been a definite surprise. I mean, he was like Brady Shea last year. Yeah, basically. Yeah, and so when you have when you see repeat uh, players come up through their system, that okay, this guy comes up and he's actually pretty good, and he wasn't necessarily expected to be this good, and so. Uh, I think that that keeps you off this list because you have a proven track record for being, for being able to produce some NHL defensemen. So uh, those are my just miss. Let's go to your number five. Uh, number five, a uh, team on your just missed, uh, the Vancouver Canucks. Okay. All yes. right. So and what put them on this list as opposed to uh, you know me keeping them off of it? I will say I do like a lot of the defensemen they do have coming up. Uh, you talked about Uli Ulevi. Uli Ulevi. Thank you. Um you know, Quentin Hughes, 
love some of the guys that they the young guys the prospects but i weighed their current top six a lot heavier than i did their prospects and i think when it came down to deciding to keep them on and off i just looked at their their top six right now even counting edler as a healthy defenseman even though he is technically injured um just was way too hard to look at this team and be like man i like what i see yeah, unfortunately, like the same thing is happening to the Canucks that happened last year. Some of their veteran players have been going down, yeah. and now it's starting to culminate into fast start turns into a what will probably be finishing somewhere in the bottom of the Western Conference, which is what we all predicted from the beginning. Yeah, and I will say I, I did like Michael Delzato um, in a bottom pair, maybe power play number two role kind sure. of guy, but when he's on the top defensive pairing for this team, it just there's no positive to look at. And that, of course, I mean, that's due to injury. Sure. But, yeah, it's it does show their lack of depth as well. Uh, and they're not about to... Ole Levy or, or Quinn Hughes, they're not coming this year. Now, Quinn Hughes is, a, is an interesting one because he, he just played for the University of Michigan. So when their season is over, he could come over and play for the Canucks. So possible that the Canucks get Quinn Hughes sometime. In, what, they usually come in, like, February, something like that. When yeah, they, something. When they sign those deals, mm-hmm. I think, if I remember right. So possible that they add a guy and and maybe he gets in you know that that experience that usually you have to get in in the beginning of a season and so you don't really hit your stride till january february and your rookie season sometimes as a defenseman uh maybe he can get some of those uh out of the way yeah i wonder though i'm not really sure 100 percent about his contract situation but i i can't remember if he's already hit his 10 game mark or if he hasn't no I don't no, think no, he, no okay he isn't did he, did he play games? I don't. No, I can't he didn't remember play, if he did. He didn't play not, but in preseason, um, but not. Okay, yeah, that was it. So I knew I was, I'd, I'd seen him in a Vancouver Connection uniform, but I'm not sure if you're Vancouver. If maybe you want to play him at the end of the year and burn one of his his you know RFA years. But um, well, I think that yeah, that's true. Especially you're going to have Brock Besser coming this year, and uh, and then you'll you'll have Elias Peterson the next year, and then. Then you can get the third year, you get Quinn Hughes, right. so you can maybe spread it out a little bit. That's a good point. And then potentially after that, Jack Hughes, if they get him. <laughs> See, to me, I feel like as a team, you have to go, well, we'll worry about that if it happens. Like, if this kid ends up being a guy we need to pay $8 million to, mm-hmm. praise Jesus, because <laughs> yeah. we made a good pick, and we'll pay him his money. If, if it's a year earlier, oh, well. Uh, no, I, I think you, you want your guys to develop, and if they can develop one year more quick, you got to think... I mean, look, Ron Hextall just got fired today. Three three years on the job, and he's fired, basically because of one coach. Yeah, you know, a, a Dave Hextall is not cutting it. And the what I hear is that the at least this is people's conjecture is that he refused to fire Dave Hextall, and that's why he was fired. Okay, now see, I've heard too that's, the opposite is where management wanted to keep him, and he, Ron Hextall wanted to fire him, but. Oh, so I you know, that one. but either way, I think it's it is odd, like you say, to to see a GM get fired before the head coach. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so never never had a chance to like. I mean, they had one coach coming in, and then he hired Hackstall, and yeah, it's it's odd that he doesn't get that one extra chance. Usually, right. you go four or five years with a GM, but to fire him after three must mean that there was some sort of internal thing going on that we'll hear about in three years. Right. Right. <laughs> uh, okay. So. My number five is the Montreal Canadiens. Um, not necessarily for, you know, I, when I look at their team, uh, as, in their NHL roster, that is, 
you know, you've got Shea Weber, who who is apparently making a miraculous recovery from his injury and is going to make a faster than thought of return. Uh, so, I mean, you get Shea Weber back. Uh, Victor Mete looks pretty decent. And uh, Brett Kulak, a guy who you, I think they Montreal picked him in like the fourth round, uh, is on their starting roster now. They brought him up. Jeff Petrie, always a solid, you know, four or five guy. But overall, to me, this defense, if Shea Weber can stay healthy, okay, they're, they're decent. And he can play a lot of minutes. But how much longer is Shea Weber going to be the Shea Weber? I don't think he's even the Shea Weber that we really think of when we think of this Norris Trophy candidate, Shea Weber. And so, to me, with Shea Weber out of the picture, they have quite a terrible defense to begin with. Uh, And then, on top of that, when you look at their defense prospects, there really isn't much coming at all. Josh Brooke was taken in the second round in 2017. He's doing really well for the Moose Jaw Warriors. Uh, but it's really hard to tell when a, when a defenseman is is putting up big points sometimes in juniors. It doesn't mean a whole lot in terms of their NHL production. Uh, 27 points in 20 games, though, is nothing to, nothing to say that he's going to be terrible or 18 games. But uh, other than that, really not a whole lot that they've put into drafting and bringing in good defensemen in the draft. And so I think that that's where, you know, Montreal to me is a team that not only do they have a bad defense now, there's really not much coming either. Yeah. They're big defensive prospect. Sergachev went to Tampa Bay for drew in. Um, yep. And don't forget too. They, today they Where's put drew Carl Halsner on, uh, on waivers. So. On waivers. Yeah. So goodbye, Carl. That was a really good signing by Montreal. <laughs> First year of the new deal. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is second. I know. But yeah, basically. Basically, everyone went, oh my gosh, why did you do that? And they signed. Okay, who's your number four? Number four, Chicago Blackhawks. Um, don't get me wrong. I think in their prime and in their heyday, Brett Seabrook, uh, Duncan Keith, very, very good defenseman. I mean, they did win three Stanley Cups for that, that franchise. However, um, today... They are not as good as they once were. And, um, you know, I, I think... Reminds me of the Toby Keith song. Ooh. See, I don't listen to much country, so... Not as good as I once was. Okay, Toby Keith. Yeah, he's a little off my radar in terms of <laughs> country musicians. Uh, you want to talk Keith Urban? I can I can talk him. Okay, some but, Keith, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Seabrook playing on the, the third line. Duncan Keith's still up there. But outside of that, there's just a lot of, a lot of fillers. Um, there's some decent, halfway decent players in there, guys that, that are all right. I mean... You uh, you could look at you know Forsling or um, Henry Yoka Yuka Hart Harju Yuka Hari yeah I I don't know how to pronounce half the names in this league but uh, <laughs> you know it's a lot harder than football that's very football true. their first names are usually harder than their last <laughs> because they have a lot of apostrophes in them a lot of hyphens like, yeah <laughs> like ha ha Clinton Dix uh, oh yeah. Yeah, but I think they suffer from this the same issue with uh, with Montreal, where if you look at what they have coming up in in the minor league system, there's not a whole lot to be excited about. In fairness, there is Adam Boakvist. Sure, they do have one guy, who, but who I mean, you know, top ten pick in the draft. He, he the hope is that he ends up being a top pairing defenseman. Obviously, yeah, and I, I think if he was. I mean, obviously, if he was ready to go, Chicago would have put him in this year because they're they're still in win now mode. Yeah, they're um, trying to win. Yeah, they're, they're not going to. They made. I mean, they made a deal today to to get right. Mr. Strom from right. 
from the coyotes, but yep, yep. we'll see how that turns out. I, I don't know, but, um, but anyways, to, to me, I actually have them higher on my list. Uh, Do you? I, okay. I have Chicago at two, so two. they are much higher. And to me, the reason why they are so high is because that Seabrook deal. Yeah. Okay. He's playing a little bit better this year, but that Seabrook deal is, has killed them yeah and it's gonna hurt them the next few years yep i mean the duncan keith deal was great and and even now even now that you know he's not scoring a whole lot and it's not putting up the same kind of points you can kind of go well who cares we we got him for peanuts back when he was of won the norris yeah and so it's you can put up with that but brent seabrook really uh his contract is just gonna linger and linger and linger and they're Yes, they have Boakfist coming. It's going to hinder their ability to, to sign other guys and right. bring in other players. Right. And I mean, they've, they've already dealt Jalmerson. They've, you know, they've moved out a lot of players to have what they have. Uh, this isn't for a lack of trying. And yeah, it just, it just really has not worked out for their defense. And I, I think that they actually they have a terrible defense because they're in such a bad situation for a long time. Like, I don't see this situation getting much better. Uh, yeah, they, I guess other than that they get a high draft pick and take a defenseman. You know, that's obviously you pull a Buffalo and you get Rasmus Dahlin. Buffalo would have been on this list top five last year. Like hands down, they'd be on this list last year. This year, because of Rasmus Dahlin, neither of us even, oh, well, maybe you did. <laughs> maybe they are on your list. <laughs> I didn't even consider them because I, I think that they they do have a better defense and they're, they're showing it so far this year. Okay, uh, mine number four. Is the Edmonton Oilers, uh, who again are another team who's hampered by some bad contracts, but just cannot. See. I think that like a guy like Adam Larson, highly overrated. Oscar Kleffbaum had one good year, and he hasn't proven much. I mean, they they are amongst the league's worst top six. On top of that, they really only have Evan Bouchard coming. And even if Evan Bouchard ends up being a top-pairing defenseman, there still is a lot, a lot of work to do to this group. And so uh, for that reason, the Oilers are my number four. Uh, who do you got at number three? Number three, the Montreal Canadiens. Okay. Yeah. Right, so you had them a little bit higher. I, I'd love to know why. I did. Um, you know, Shea Weber aside, you look at what this team had and there wasn't like a top guy to be excited about, right? They just had a bunch of fillers. I mean, their their top guy technically without Shea Weber is Jeff Petrie. And to me, that just that didn't really get me excited. Um, and like you mentioned it earlier, just no prospects coming in at all. And I, I think with Shea Weber back in the fold, um, that honestly kept them from being even higher on my list. I would have probably thought about putting them at number two had he not that's fair. been on that lineup. So I think that that's fair. Yeah, and and now the, the thing to think is, yeah, one player doesn't make your defense core, but at least one player can. I mean, Shea Weber can play twenty five minutes a night, so it really limits the use of other defensemen. Right, mask yeah. a lot of those holes. Exactly, exactly. So, and and I mean, hey, Montreal has not played bad without him <laughs> so far this year, and so uh, obviously you don't necessarily need the greatest defense in the world. I mean, it's not even like Carey Price has played unreal. Uh, right, just and finally been getting scoring. I'm hoping. I, I like to see a team like Montreal be in it and just be competitive. Not necessarily. I don't think they're going to 
make it in the playoffs. But like I, I like to see Carey Price do well. I want to see him do well because he is such a great goaltender. Yeah, you want to see um, those games mean something. Right, but I'm hoping with Shea Weber back, I, I hope maybe he can get Carey Price's mojo back to where it was. Mm. And that would make things a little bit more exciting. I'm hoping it won't turn out to be a Carl Alsner situation where he's lost so much speed now where he just can't stay up with this team. And I I mean, honestly, they're not going to put him on waivers like they did with Alsner, but hopefully he doesn't end up playing third-pairing minutes or something dumb like that. I don't see that happening. No. <laughs> yeah. Very responsible uh, defensively there. But Okay, my number three, I have the Ottawa Senators. So I have them a little higher than you do. Okay. Uh, the reason that I have them this high is I just, I mean, I knew they were bad. You know, I, they don't have a lot of depth. I mean, you've got Dylan DeMello on your top pairing, and he barely made the San Jose Sharks. So uh, that's telling. Uh, there is a ranking system that uh, that Corsi uses, Corsica, and they rank the you know each defensive pairing, and then they can rank them against other defensive pairings. And so, uh, their top pairing of Shabbat and Demello, thirty first, and there's thirty one teams in the league, so they're last <laughs> place. Their second pairing, Maxime uh, Lajoy and Christian Jaros. Uh, 26th, and then Ben Harper and Cody Cece as the third pairing is the 31st pairing in the uh, league in the, for the third pairing. So, uh, for those of you doing math at home, that's very bad. <laughs> that that's the worst. <laughs> that's the worst statistically, at least in their rating system, uh, out of any team. I now I don't have them first because I do like Thomas Shabbat. I actually feel like he's a little he's rated a little strange in here, uh, and. Uh, but yeah, the rest of their defense core it just it doesn't cut it. They don't have a whole lot coming, and so I mean Shabbat is the guy who's coming, and he's he's here, he's arrived, and so to me the Ottawa Senators they have a lot of work to do on their defense. They are making up for it by really changing the way that they play, and they've opened things up, and they've just tried to score a lot of goals and make things exciting. And I actually really appreciate that they're doing this because a lot of times. A team that's not going to be very good goes, well, we'll just slow the game down. We'll grind it out. We'll, quote, unquote, play hard. And, you know, we'll see how many 2-1 games we can win. Whereas they have not taken that approach at all. No. They've they've said, let's see how many 6-5 games we can win. Yeah. I mean, they're essentially this year's New York Islanders in a sense. That's a great point. Um, And for me, if you look at look at it from that perspective i think actually this is great for their franchise long term because now you're you're giving a little bit of optimism to a guy like uh stone and duchene to say hey you know what we can score some goals you know we yeah, can, can have some fun yeah like yeah. come stay with us you know we'll, we'll we'll work on the defense we'll fix it you know shabbat's gonna get better he's he's a young guy and maybe we'll try to to sign a guy or two in the offseason and hey you know we uh might have a team here soon all right uh let's go number Two, I'll say my number two, please, uh, is the Chicago Blackhawks. We've, okay, we've already kind of talked about the Blackhawks, but uh, they are as high as they are again because of the cap situation that they're in because of that defense and and because this is self inflicted to me uh, what they have defensively and they really have not done a whole lot to address it from a drafting perspective until finally until this last year when they take. Uh, Boakvist. Uh, I mean, they have Dar- a Darren Radish who might end up being okay, but I don't see him being a, a top pairing defenseman by any means. Um, could make this roster down the road, but 
uh, I just don't see a whole lot of uh, effort in trying to find a good defenseman. I think that this team spent a lot of time trying to find depth forwards so that they could keep Kane and Taves and Hosa and, and keep that core together. And then they tried to find these cheaper play, you know, players that could come in in their entry-level deal and, and be productive, uh, like an Alex Dabrinkat. Uh, whereas they ignored the defensive side, and it's starting. It's has really caused them a lot of problems the last three years. Yeah, if not for uh, Mr. Crawford, you know, when he's healthy, sure, it sure. would look a lot worse. Yeah, agreed. Who's your number two? Uh, number two team on your list, a little lower, but Edmonton Oilers. Um, you know what i I looked at I looked at some of the the Corsi stats too as well. Um, their their top pair ranking twentieth their second pair at 24 and their bottom pair at 23. But to me, I honestly think a lot of that is bloated because of the play of their top line. Uh, uh, the way and some extra. Yeah. yeah. And th- I, I watched their, their defense and um, outside of, you know, maybe Darnell nurse, there's not a whole lot that excites me for the future. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think that if you have Adam Larson as your four, Adam sure. Larson to me is very similar to, We'll say like it, not necessarily in terms of style of play, but in terms of where he should be slotted is like a Jeff Petrie. Okay, like he's and both guys played in Edmonton. You know, it's like he really should be a number a second pairing defenseman and shouldn't have the really tough assignments. And because he's getting those, he's he's just playing too high up in the lineup. I don't think that he's an, a useless player, but I don't think that he's being used the the way that he should be. And in terms of Darnell Nurse, the problem with him is that he maybe is he's sheltered a little bit because he plays. You know, he he he's not taking those tough minutes because Clefbaum and uh, and Larson are taking those minutes, right? And so, is he sheltered? Is Nurse as good as we hope that he is, uh, or at least Oilers fans hope that he is, right? Uh, or is he also being sheltered? And so, therefore, when he gets to those top line minutes, is it going to just be another? Carousel of guys that should be on a, a a second pairing, but they're having to play them on a first pairing. I, I don't know. Yeah, and and then when you look at the prospect pool too for this team, Evan Bouchard um, should be a good defenseman and hopefully will fill in a top pairing role at some point here in the next couple of years. Um, who knows if they're just going to toss him in there next year and just say, "Hey, figure it out, kid," because we don't have much else. But um, I mean, we'll see. Other than that, though, there's not a whole lot to be excited about on that defense. Um, you know, again, I, I I feel Darnell Nurse will eventually turn it around and and be a top pairing defenseman in this league. I don't think he'll he'll be a superstar or even a star defenseman, you know, by any means. But I still think he's a very serviceable top pairing guy at some point in his career. Okay. Speaking of uh, not very exciting defense, <laughs> our number one is obviously the same. Oh. And uh, it sickens it, me to put them on two is, lists at is, number one already. Is this, I was going to say, I think they were top for the center depth, too. Yes, weren't they? they're two for two now. Ah, yes. It'll be fun to go to the wing because I don't think they're going to do much. I mean, I guess they can't do worse. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, you could still see them in the top five, although they've been playing pretty well lately. They have, actually, yeah. Um, for those who can't figure it out by now, the Detroit Red Wings, uh, number one on both of our lists. To me, I... I the only real good defenseman on this team, and I say good because I he's not a top pairing guy, but he would be like an Adam Larson, maybe pretty good at number four, uh, Mike Green. Um, 
you know, a lot of the other guys you're, you're going to see tonight, the Red Wings are taking on, oh, I can't remember who they're playing tonight, Columbus. Um, they're scratching Jonathan Erickson, which I'm thinking, well, why yeah. did it not happen four years ago? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, although there are a couple, couple younger players in this system that I, I do like. Um, they're not as exciting as maybe when you look at a guy like Adam Boquist or you know Bouchard in terms of high draft picks with a lot of potential or higher ceilings that you think about right off the bat. But like a Dennis Cholowski, I watch this kid and he has a lot, a lot of upside to him. Um, still undecided if he does have that top line potential like some of these other teams below us that have good prospects. But we shall see. Yeah, I mean they at least the Red Wings are my number one too. But at least they have put some effort into drafting defensemen and trying to develop them. Uh, granted, in later rounds this year, I think everyone was hoping when you see the gluttony of defense that were in the top ten, and you're picking at well, the Wings were picking at five, right? Yeah. And uh, of course, Zadina no, no, falls. No, number six. I'm sorry, six. Yeah. And Zadina falls to them, and so they're basically. You're, I mean, you're excited about it, but you're forced to take Zadina instead of. A Bouchard or a Quinn Hughes, or you know whoever, whoever that you pinned as the top defenseman uh, around that pick. But then they also Joe Valeno falls to them, and so they're you're almost forced to take him too. And so their first round last year, despite going into the draft, I think it was pretty public that it was like we need a defenseman. That's our plan is probably to take a defenseman, and then it doesn't happen. But at least in the second round, they go and they take Jared McIsaac. And uh, and he's he's playing well thus far. He's 18 points in 17 games for the Halifax Mooseheads, so at least he's he's producing. Um, and then my favorite name in the Red Wings organization is the Regula. Regula Alec <laughs> Alec Regula, uh, and he's playing well as as well. He was taken in the third round last year, so at least they're using high picks on defensemen, even if it's not a first round pick. So they're populating their their system with some young guys that are on the defense core, but uh, and also uh, Philip Ronick playing for the Grand Rapids Griffins. He is putting up pretty good numbers, taken in the second round in 2016. Good two way guy and uh, has you know played for the Czech Republic in all the all their tournaments, and he always shows up, plays well, and uh, and actually had. Has played pretty well when he's come up to the Red Wings earlier in the season when every everyone was hurt for the Red Wings. Right, uh, you know, three points in six games not not terrible. He has a right handed shot, which the Wings have lacked a lot of depth at for a long time. So that will help. Yeah, and the, I mean the the Red Wings do have a good track record for letting players marinate, and and I know that sometimes that has frustrated Wings fans, especially as the team has. The quality of the team has gone down. People are like, why do we need to marinate them down there? Why can't we just bring them to the NHL? Uh, especially when you look at some other teams across the National Hockey League who have just said, screw it, let's just put a bunch of young guys up and see what happens. And it's it has worked out, at least in the excitement factor for a lot of those teams. But uh, the Red Wings, despite some of those facts, have the worst top six in the league. And some of these guys... Like what? What's it going to look like next year, unless they're picking high again and they take a defenseman, and that defenseman is able to come in and play next year, which probably isn't going to happen. We don't. You don't see too many guys outside the top five for defensemen that come in that year and play. Uh, so, I mean, I think that it's going to be a long road for the Red Wings on their defense, uh, but 
fortunately, they some of those guys they could trade and flip for some assets. Sure. No, you I know, Trevor Daly is is an easy flip. I oh think yeah. Mike Green, you could flip. I think there's there's some different guys and and Cronwall even at the deadline this year if if he wants to I think that they would deal him if he wants one more shot at a cup sure yeah yeah yeah, yeah and I I will say too I think you know given the Red Wings current contract situations at, in defense you know you look in two three years you're hoping that some of these later not later but second third round draft picks these younger guys will start to develop or start to get rolling so that in when Erickson, Daly, Cronwell, and Green, they're all off the books at this point, you can say, okay, good. Now we have some young guys that can come in and play or, you know, a first round pick from next year, potentially they're ready to go. And now you have a team, you know, that aren't you hoping that first round pick next year is, uh, is Mr. Jack Hughes. I would love that actually. I mean, Hey, I would love to see Jack Hughes and Sedina fight off that (laughs) for that Calder trophy. All of a sudden, next year, the Red Wings have a completely different first line. <laughs> it's Joe, Joe Valeno with Jack Hughes and uh, Zadina. And Zadina. <laughs> there we go. Well, that's our uh, the worst defensive depth in the NHL, the Detroit Red Wings. Yeah, 500 team, too. There you go. Uh, I feel like everyone's 500 right now. They really are. <laughs> it really is. Those overtime losses. It's a it's a beautiful thing. Well, our next show we will uh, we'll we'll hit more more of the you know what's going on across the league, and uh, we'll we'll work on getting some more shows out. Now that the the Thanksgiving craze is is over, we'll uh, we'll have another show later in the week. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Thank you for listening, and we will talk to you soon.